Welcome to Business Leader Breakthroughs, where we help unlock the potential in you, your teams, and your business. I'm your host, Ryan Castle, along with Dr. Mike Ashby. We share insights, experiences, and stories on achieving breakthrough success in business and life. To learn more, click the link in the episode show notes or go to thebreakthrough.co. Now let the breakthroughs begin. Mike, welcome along to this episode of our podcast. Good to have you back in the, well, we're actually in Split Studios today, aren't we? We are. Yes, we're like, virtually together. Like many other people around the world, we are dealing with COVID-19 and being in uh, semi-lockdown at the moment. Yep. Uh, so both recording these from our, our home offices, but the wonders of technology is what allows us to, to get this done, which is pretty cool. It's a miracle. We have a topic to discuss today, which has really come to light based on some discussions we've been having with a prospective customer that we've been working with. They've been looking at how their current learning is working, what's working, what's not, and how we might be able to help them improve. Maybe as a, as a lead off, Mike, do you want to give us a bit of an insight into kind of how that organization, you know, it's an organization of a couple of thousand people. They already have some learning in place, but do you want to maybe just talk about some of the challenges challenges that they're facing that have come to light and um, what's really highlighted uh, a really important aspect of the way we help organizations learn. Well, what's really what's really come to light is just, just a phrase and a concept that has kind of been at the heart of what we do and how we think about this stuff, but we haven't given it this term. And the term is embedding learning. And it's, it's, it's a really cool way of describing what it is we do and why it works. So the organization has done a whole, you know, like every organization, they've done a raft of development programs, change programs, uh, learning programs, all that sort of stuff. And the technology has been enabling that, that for quite a while. But our thinking hasn't necessarily caught up with the technology and the capability that it offers. And what they've found is that they've done, you know, they've done the workshops, they've been part of the learning, they may have even had some follow-up, but actually things don't really change. And it goes to a couple of things. One is that the learning itself isn't embedded. It isn't kind of kept continuous and refreshed. It isn't brought to life. That's on the learner side. On the organisation side, the organisation is not changed. And the embedding piece was a really interesting concept around embedding. Learning means changing the individual and that the organisation changes too. Right at the heart of it was a, a wonderful discussion we had about the McKinsey leadiness scale. And they talked about how transformation occurs through leadership development programs and what the characteristics of those are. And, you know, we won't go into the detail here, um, but they had this diamond and there were four components in the fourth one. And the most critical one in some ways is that the organisation adapts to the programme. Because what happens, of course, when you go to a workshop or whatever, you get all these great ideas, you get all this stuff downloaded. You are effectively, you know, you get this big download of stuff into your, into your little random access memory. And some of it sticks and most of it doesn't. And then you go back to the organisation and you might be, and I've had this experience, you know, I went on a two-week residential programme and it was, it was great, it was inspiring, it was all of that stuff. And then, but the organisation I went back to had, well, where have you been? Nothing had changed. There was no, they had no context, no recognition, and there was no path to kind of, 
bring what I'd learned except through my own stuff. And I just very quickly, I channeled that whole two weeks of content down to about, oh, I don't know, you know, half an hour of stuff that I've held on to. And admittedly, I had held on to it. So it's, um, it's really about how do you, how do you change? Embedding learning is actually about how you change as an individual, how you grow, and as an organization. There, that's the short version. <laughs> And, and that's what all organizations are looking for with their learning, right? They want capability development in their people. They want their people's behavior to change for the, for the better. And then as a result of that, then the organization achieves uh, business performance at a higher, higher level. What you're referring to, Mike, is that we can get technical for just a moment, the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve. And, you know, that's the thing that we've all experienced. We've all been to a great workshop. We've all read a really good book. We've all seen a good webinar or listened even to a fantastic podcast but if we don't implement the things that we've learned then we forget about them very quickly plenty of research around this at a a detail level and the number that sticks to mind for me out of that is that you forget 80% of that learning within two weeks if you don't take action to embed the embed the learning Mm. This organization we've been talking to, they've been observing exactly that, where, yep, look, they've had some really good content. It was very relevant to them. The content had been customized to their organization, but they weren't still seeing a huge amount of change in the behavior that uh, for the people that attended that learning. It was a light bulb moment for us because I guess we've built our own learning methodology around mm. this and knowing these things, but it was interesting to hear it from another organization's perspective about where that, where that comes from. The other piece I think that you've, uh, well, I'd like to dig into is I imagine a few heckles raised when you said it's the organization that needs to adapt to the program. Mm. Because I think many organizations would say, actually, we're the center of the universe here as the organization. You adapt your program to work with us. Yeah. Now, how should they be thinking about that? Well, you know, we've got our policies and our procedures and, and you know, look at what we've achieved over the years and, and how good we are and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, it's really about getting people aligned with that stuff is how they think. Actually, that's not how transformation takes place. And and actually, you know, the purpose of these things, it's an interesting kind of tension, isn't it? Between, well, we'll send people on these programs and because they're better, the organization will be better. That's how it will transform. Actually, the organization has to change. And it changes not just because the people are doing things differently, but the organization represented most particularly by the leadership group. And this is where things start to get a bit wobbly. So we have, for us, we've been practicing things like space learning. We've been practicing, you know, since we started, you were, you were on the program and I, and I bought it in 2003 and it was, a, it was a space learning program then. It had peer learning built in, it had repetition, it had all those things. That, and we've kind of continued to develop that as we've understood uh, more about how, how people learn in the workplace. And I think our active manager program is the, is the ultimate expression, but not the final expression. So, you know, people would like to think that organisations will change because their people change. What happens with, with the active manager program, for example, is that we're saying to people things like, you should spend two hours a week blocked out in your diary for, to, to work on the business. Now, when, when a participant goes, you know, is, is at work and they're, they're doing their kind of time on and their leader comes in and says, oh, I need you to kind of, you know, do this thing for me urgently. Actually, what should happen is that their leader should already know that. 
their leader should in no sign off and totally honor the fact that this person's in their kind of two hour time on block and they shouldn't interrupt the door. Let's say they do. And then the participant says, I'm in my two hour block. And the leader says, well, I don't care. This is urgent. Okay. Well, of course, the participant is going to kind of drop their important and turn to their boss's urgent, regardless of whether it's actually urgent or not. So what happens? That person doesn't do the work on their important. That's the smallest damage. The biggest damage is you don't get it. The organization, as represented by the leader, doesn't support the idea of my development time being high priority. In other words, the organization is just carrying on as it was. And one of the challenges with all these kinds of changes is that leaders have got where they are by being very capable, by knowing a lot. We know that one of the greatest enemies of learning is knowing, already knowing. When it comes to transforming the organization, actually the people at the, at the most senior levels, they may well say they want to transform the organization, but it's really challenging to let go of a system and processes and values and culture that has got them to the top. They've then got to say, we're going to have to let some of that go. We're going to have to create some space into which other practices and culture and, and, and policies and procedures might flow. You know, it's not quite the case that we're asking the turkeys to vote for Christmas, but it could certainly make for some uncomfortable moments. Now, what we know about transformation is that it's change. All change involves loss. All loss is uncomfortable. So I imagine that a bunch of leaders in a lot of organizations would like to transform the organization outside their office, out there somewhere, rather than leading the transformation and allowing the transformation to happen around them or actually being pulled along by the transformation. That's all bosses do. We drive, we don't get, we're not in the kind of, you know, the co-pilot seat. Yeah, we, we got the wheel. Embedding learning like that, it's a big challenge for a lot of organizations. And it's, and it's a very personal challenge for leadership. And we've seen the value of the peer involvement and the leader involvement being immense because in the, let's say some former approaches to learning, it was the, oh yes, I've decided that you should go and do XYZ course. I send you out, you go to the one or two day workshop, you come back, you don't discuss it with anyone. There's no reflection with your leader. There's no accountability around embedding what you've learned into your daily practice of how you operate in the organization. And same thing, uh, we've forgotten most of it we have seen continually the value of having the leaders involved and then having their peers involved. And I think, again, this organization we were talking to, that was uh, a spotlight for them of going, you know what, those two components are pieces that uh, we have been missing and they that hasn't allowed us to embed the learning. Yeah, and look, I think people have regarded training and development programs as a place to send people and they come back transformed. Um, it just doesn't work like that. It was what we know now, that making change happen is, is an iterative process. It is uh, stepped and spaced and is kind of built on itself, you know, all of those sorts of things. And, and it has to be organisation-wide. So, yeah, when we talked about the leader coach playbook, um, the active coach playbook, involving their, the participants' leaders, people's, you know, you could see light bulbs go off saying, oh, yeah, that's the bit that doesn't happen 
in the traditional workshop mode uh, where they, they might come back and say, you know, or they, you know, they go away for residential, they come back and write a report, this is what I learned, or they do a project even that might involve their leader, but that's it, that's the end of it. Whereas true learning is dynamic and, you know, it goes right to the heart of what learning's about, especially in the workplace, which is where most of the, you know, it's on the job that it happens. Well, the leader has to be part of that on-the-job learning. You know, where does, where does learning get embedded in the way we think about it? Well, there's the content itself, you know, how that's expressed, um, how that embeds itself. So it's got to be simple and it's got to be concrete and it's got to be applicable. Then it gets customized and people kind of apply it and think about the learning and how it applies. And in, in taking their learning apart and, you know, applying it to their real world with their peers, that work further embeds the learning. And then they go and talk to their leader coach and they say, you know, here's the practice I'm wanting to kind of adopt. What do you think? And they do some more customizing and tailoring. They, they do some more work on, well, I'm not sure if that's quite right. Do you think this will work? And because they don't know the answer, they have to work out the answer together. That's where the learning happens. We now know that if there's no effort in learning, there is no learning. You've actually got to make some effort. You've got to not know, work it out, and then practice it. That's how learning gets embedded. If you're simply given the answers, you learn nothing. Or if the answers are so obvious that, you know, kind of, right, got it, go, go and do that, that's not going to work either. That's not embedding learning in the individual. Yeah. Mike, you know I'm a bit of a fan of an analogy. I do. So uh, as, as you've been describing, describing this, uh, you know, a brilliant analogy has come to mind. Let's see. My, my interpretation of brilliant, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll, let, we'll let you judge and I'm sure the audience can uh, judge as well. Uh, if we take the personal weight loss uh, as, a, as a goal of the transformation you're trying to, trying to create, sure. you will not get better outcomes for your body by watching better content so you can watch you know this video on that style of eating this on that uh, type of exercise watching better and better videos will not actually create any change for you good analogy good analogy i like it and, and let's take it let's take it a step further you did right and let's take it a step further you know there is so much out there about how you can lose weight and when you take one approach and i've i've tried a few you, you do you remember when i tried that um <laughs> he's laughing that what, what do they call it alternate fasting thing yeah five two five two yeah somewhere like that yeah yeah you know, it was great uh lost a couple of kilos almost lost a couple of friends and actually a wife because uh apparently i would just get so grumpy it's uh -huh. just not not worth it they, i was told i was instructed to abandon it so i was pretty happy about it. but but you know i tried that and it didn't work I kind of worked out for myself, I would try, you know, a kind of what, what, what worked. So I, I worked out for myself about things like carbs. And I don't think there's a universal thing. I think you learn what works for you. Yes. And, and what I've learned, and actually quite recently, I learned about, actually, I don't need breakfast. I genuinely am okay without eating until lunchtime. I'm not even that, you know, I don't then gorge myself. I just have a normal size lunch. And as a consequence, I actually did lose a couple of kilos. And then I worked out that actually my, you know, my, work, my, my exercise program probably wasn't enough. It was, I was probably fooling myself that walking the dog was 
and it's not a brisk walk because as you know, my dog has very short legs. <laughs> and so I then inv invested in kind of, oh, okay, well, let's do two and a half hours a week of moderate exercise. And lo and behold, I'm probably at my lowest weight for, for, for years. Um, and it's non-fat weight as well. But I learned what worked for me. I applied it for myself. So let's go a step further with the analogy. We, we all need the basic idea or the basic knowledge. So we know that for most of us, influencing our weight is about what we eat and how we exercise. So that's the content piece we need. Uh, what you've talked about is the personal applicability of that learning. So you had to go based on those two things. I have to figure out what works, what works for me. The peer group, you know, it, you're you're more of an individual exercise for me i'm a real group person and i get a little motivation by being around others that are on a similar journey so that peer support yeah. piece is really helpful for me and in, in my exercise and what i'm what i'm doing and then i think the leader piece the equivalent is having your personal trainer there right yeah. they have yeah. some good knowledge maybe some more knowledge than you do around that that particular thing mm -hmm. but they're there to hold you to account uh give you some ideas yeah. uh, somewhere to reflect and I think that that together is what helps helps it work. Yeah, for sure. And look, you know, my mechanism is data. I've got all the Fitbit stuff and the and the um, Wi-Fi scales and so and so. I like to track the data. It's um, it's just my personality. I, I like to kind of log those successes. So that that keeps me motivated. But I've learned that, and I've learned to harness that. I think the other thing that we've got that we both do without you know, in the context of this analogy, is the embedded bit is the practice, is the commitment and honouring the commitment and doing the work. You know, we have, a, you have a structure with your fitness regime around CrossFit in particular, but then, you know, in the absence of that, during the lockdown, you've had your own kind of targets. I've got the same thing. I've got a system for doing my work, and, you know, how it's broken into cardio and strength and mobility and you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what embedded looks like. You know, our policies, our procedures, our days start with that stuff. And even that principle, I know you exercise at a different time. For me, principle, if I don't do it in the morning, it won't get done. I will do more on the weekend, I'll do some cap. You know, I've just got a whole bunch of practices yes. that lock in the program. And it's the same at work with learning. We've got to lock in these behaviors and processes. And if it became, you know, sometimes like, Last week, you know, we had a lot of a lot of stuff on, and I there were a couple of days that I didn't get to us enough. I'm just not going to do it now. If my work life impinges on my exercise, something's got to change, and it then becomes well, what's my commitment to my physical health? As we as we talk about in our values, you know, health, family, work in that order. I would seek to change the way my work life is working. I would seek to push back a meeting time start. I you know, that's why you won't get me in a meeting before 9.30, mm -hmm. because that's, that reflects my priorities and my values around my family life and my, my health. So the organisation had to change, had to adapt for that. Yes. So if we were to recap, I would say uh, better content won't get you better outcomes in your organisation with your with your people. Uh, what the things that, you know, we have to embed learning to actually for it to create change. And I'd say the top ones would be your involved peer groups. 
So you've got some support and understanding around that. Your leader's got to be involved or someone that yeah. can, can help you stay accountable and, and uh, share insights with you and, and also help customize that messaging to you based on your role and what's going on in the business is really, really helpful. And then there's got to be a structure around the practice. Yeah. The yeah. practice is, is massive. So that's three. And I think the fourth one, which we've talked about, is the, the organization's got to be prepared to adapt to allow those new practices to be in, in place and, and continue. And that's where change happens. That's where change happens. And it's the leader's role to make that space, to enable that to happen. Yeah. Spot on. So if you want to embed your learning, make sure you've got those four things involved in your learning and development programs for your people. And as we've talked about, yes, they're applicable to an organization, but they're applicable to us in our uh, daily lives as well. And it's actually, you know, we've been talking about an embedding learning. It's actually, how do you make change? It's as fundamental as that. If you want to change the way the business operates or the outcomes you're getting, you need to do stuff different. What we've just described is exactly what making change, transforming self, organization, whatever, that's what it's about exactly those four things so if you'd like to learn more about our insights on how we've successfully embedded learning uh, come back to us respond in this uh, podcast platform or come back to us via our website uh, we'd love to share some of those insights with you thanks for joining us today all right see you soon Bye.